I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? So what's the deal now? Carrie says triple homicide? Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Two of them are over here. Osborne Cox, yes. I thought you might be worried about the security of your shit. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, okay. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another special episode of the Best Thing We've Seen podcast. My name is Flo. And I'm Gabe. How are you? That was fucking loud, dude. Holy was shit. it? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how, 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 how you doing, man? How you doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Tired, tired. Yeah. I mean, we are recording this a little later than usual, but it's by no means late, but I'm yes. still exhausted. How about you? <laughs> it's always a perfect introduction <laughs> to any like upbeat uh, podcast. That's yeah. the podcast people want to listen to. Just people, two, <laughs> two guys who are absolutely like, well, I feel the same way, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know. I mean, we always kind of wake up gradually as the picks proceed, you know, <laughs> as, things, as things get interesting. Well, yes, I mean, we, we have to say for, straight off, like we, we teased that we, we were going to do a special on, on a director. I mm-hmm. always, like, I, I never wanted to say that we're going to do it on directors. But then again, it's, <laughs> it's because it, it's giving away things, obviously, and we're new, now we're doing it, obviously, as you might have... Um, well, you saw it in the title. I don't know what I'll put in the intro. Probably just some film clips. I doubt I'll put some interview clips of the Coen brothers in there. But we'll be talking about uh, the Coen brothers, obviously. And it's interesting because now having um, watched a couple of their movies that I was missing, it's like only Joel Coen really has director credit, doesn't he? Yeah, but I, as far as I've read, they do switch it up from time to time. So Ethan Coen also does some directing, but I think he always gets the primary directing credit joel cohen and ethan cohen gets more of a producer credit or something like that i'm not not sure i do think that they direct every movie together and it's just like for i don't know whatever reason they have to list one i don't know the reasons but i think they do everything together and it's just like i don't know yeah but yeah i mean for a first ever director (laughs) special and i guess it could also be seen as a writer special i mean they have written Mm -hmm. some movies that they haven't directed either but it's going to be interesting because um, I am not the biggest Coen Brother fan. <laughs> and this is not to say that I hate their work by any means. I'm mm-hmm. just not. Because they are sort of one of the more, or not, they're two of the more well-loved directors out there, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? Yeah, I mean, from all the popular directors, I think their names get mentioned more often than others. I mean, there's always like Quentin Tarantino, Steven Spielberg, but I think the Coen brothers are up there, some of the directors that are widely known and appreciated. Yeah, I think they sort of also burst the bubble of um, directors that actually like everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to watch the new Coen brother movie. Um, even if they're not like watching every movie that's coming out, they're going to seek out their Coen brother movie. Have yeah, they, think, yeah, go on. Yeah, just 
they just have also always an A-list cast. I mean, they have a lot of recurring actors and actresses, and I think that's also just a big plus for them because they always get the, some great people in the leads and supporting cast as well. They really do carry over their actors, and mm-hmm. especially in their early work. Because, for example, like John Turturro, I got to know him as uh, Jesus in Lebowski. <laughs> How do you pronounce yeah. his name? I think it's Jesus, right? I always thought it was Jesus, yeah, it's but it's Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus? Jesus. But if you watch their earlier work, he's like one of their main actors. And he's yeah. just like a very tiny part in Big Lebowski. It's so fascinating. And he, there's so many other actors like John Polito and uh, I mean, we, ev- so many actors that have just keep coming back in every Coen Brother movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, I mean, of course, Frances McDormand, who's yeah. the wife of, I think, Joel Yeah. 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 And Buscemi. I mean, it would be so interesting to know like who's, who the actor is that has the most like screen. Uh, <laughs> I looked in it most up Coen- actually. Yeah. Is it yeah. Frances McDormand? Number one is Frances McDormand with nine movies also counting cameos. Okay. And I think number two is Steve Buscemi and number three is John Goodman. Yeah, of course, Goodman, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, yeah. I mean, they, they're not like, like for example, Totoro and, and Goodman haven't been a part of the, some of the more recent movies, I think, right? No, as far as I'm aware. I think John Totoro has also done some writing and some directing, hasn't he? So okay. maybe he's shifted more to that. Because... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> actually, I read some where one of his earlier roles, Barton Fink, he actually wrote his screenplay while playing Barton Fink, the screenplay writer. He wrote what screenplay? I forgot the name of it. Uh, Romance and Cigarettes, I think. So it's he, called. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that. So he, and he directed that too? He di- I think so, yeah. He wrote and directed it and the Coen brothers produced it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Romance and Cigarettes. Yeah. Interesting. With James Gandolfini. Look at this. Yeah. And of course, know. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, <laughs> he's in everything too. <laughs> How about you, though? What, so, what's your like? What do you think about the Coen Brothers? Well, I knew a couple of their films, of course, the classics back in the day, and now I've also gotten a chance to see some of the films that were missing. And I always liked them. I never like saw them as the greatest directors per se. But having rewatched a couple of things and now watched even more, I. I do appreciate them way more and I do see their appeal and I've certainly won even more appreciation for them. Okay, interesting. I, I, um, I watched an interview after I saw one of their films recently, like an old, mm-hmm. old interview, and they were like, because um, they're quite known to not do a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. for not doing a lot of interviews, and um, they also don't really like like cr- film critics taking apart their movies and mm-hmm. also like um, <laughs> interpreting things that are not really there. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll try our best not to do that because I <laughs> I actually like agree with that. I hate it. Yeah. I hate nothing more than people are like overanalyzing certain scenes or whatever. But then again, the Coen Brother movies they are always ambiguous and always like take curveballs that you don't really quite expect. So it's they're movies that you, you sort of can dive into and analyze and mm-hmm. discuss. But it's um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and uh, you know not to do it too much. <laughs> I'll just say the movie's good and move on. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four, five. It let's worked go. for the last 55 yeah. episodes. <laughs> All, All right, right, let's get into it. I um, think it's your turn. I might be wrong there. Um, the last special was Cage, and I think I started that one. So you sure? I think so, yeah. So you'll start this one. But oh, maybe okay. give your pitch, or like tell everyone how this special episode works, and I'll look up who starts. 
Yeah, of course. So this is a special episode. Every four episodes, we focus on an actor, director, actress, a person's career pretty much. And we do it in the form of a top 10 list. So we are going to count down the 10 best things that we've seen from that person. And then we are going to discuss the movies. And if I have something on my, let's say, number nine and Flo has it on his number two, we're going to postpone the discussion. And we're going to make our way towards the best thing that we've seen from that person or people in that case um, that we've seen from them. Right. You're right. Uh, you're, you're the one who started last week. Yeah. Our last special episode. Yep. All right. So, so what's your... My turn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's your number 10? I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the more confusing lists to put together and i'm not even mm -hmm. gonna lie to you i put this together 20 minutes ago because yeah, <laughs> because i did not get to rewatch. like i got to rewatch one movie okay and i did that today too okay. and i was like i haven't seen so many of their movies in such a long time and what i wanted to do for this special was sort of catch up on the movies that i haven't seen mm -hmm. which i did now but it's so difficult to me because the movies that um I may love more. I haven't seen in such a long time, so I'm going to need your help in some cases. I assume sure. you watched 25 movies, so maybe you, you'll no, have, you know. <laughs> not as much. They don't this have time. as many, do they? <laughs> and there are two I'm missing, or especially as one big one that I'm sadly missing. But okay. I think apart from that, I they, they got don't it have covered. too many movies. I mean, we if yeah. we're including the the writing credits, it is more. But we'll get mm -hmm. to it. We'll get to it. All right. And I have to say that I wrote down like ten. Like I wrote down every movie that could make my list mm -hmm. and I counted them and it was 10. So yeah, great. same here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to diverge heavily, especially in the ranking. I don't mm -hmm. I think we'll have the same movies, but I think yours are going to yeah, be... Yeah, in the ranking, but I don't think we'll divert that much just because there's not that much choice yep. in the movies because there's like 15 big ones, 16 maybe. Yeah. And yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll so... See. Let's go. What's your number 10? I'm excited. My 10 is The Man Who Wasn't There. That's the one I'm missing. That's a big one. Is that a big one? I'd say so, right? I think that's one of the more small ones, no? It's one of the bigger, obscure ones, I guess. I guess. You know what I mean? I mean... Like, Lady Killers is one of the... <laughs> at the very bottom, and I don't know. Like you said, Big Lebowski is on the top, or sure. No Country Fault Man, etc. I think it's... It's one of, but just from the ratings, and I think also from Billy Bob Thornton's performance, uh, which I've heard is fantastic in this one. It reminded me so much of Fargo. Yeah, like this. Yeah, season one of Fargo, not the movie. <laughs> That's going to be <laughs> interesting uh, today as well. But um, yeah, it reminded me, his character reminded me so much. And I'm not going to obviously throughout the whole episode, we're not going to spoil anything. Yeah, maybe if it's like Big Lebowski, I think a lot of people have seen that. But we'll we'll try and stay clear of like heavy spoilers, but. And especially in the more obscure movies, um, or I wouldn't call them obscure, but maybe the ones that not a lot of people have seen, mm -hmm. which I think The Man Who Wasn't There might be one of them. Yeah. And it stars Billy Bob Thornton, as you said, obviously Frances McDormand. Uh, <laughs> she's going to be a, in a lot of movies today. Mm -hmm. And he's a barber. And it's basically him. It's, it's, it's so my brain is like, like connecting all of these actors now because John Polito, who's a part mm -hmm. of so many movies of the yeah. Coen brothers, um, he walks into his barbershop and sort of offers him an opportunity. He needs like $10,000 to open up a dry cleaning business. And Billy Bob Thornton is like this super quiet guy. Life just passes around him and he's just cutting hair and not saying much and just doesn't really seem very happy. And he's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. I'll get 10 grand. Because James Gandolfini, um, 
apparently has a, or his character, I should say, mm-hmm. apparently <laughs> has an affair with uh, Frances McDormand, who is um, uh, the wife of Billy Bob Thornton's character. And so he, uh, he thinks that James Gandolfini has an affair with his wife and therefore sort of sends him a blackmail note telling him, like, um, I will tell his character that you're sleeping with his wife. I hope that makes sense. You know, he's mm-hmm. like pretending to be someone else. He's not saying, like, I'm the husband. I know it. Give me money. He's pretending to be someone else and just tells him, give me money or else I'm going to tell the husband that, you're, that she's cheating on him, basically. And he's telling him, like, give me 10 grand so that he can use it to open up this dry cleaning business. And it basically just spirals downwards from there. It involves Tony Shalhoub, Monk, who comes in as a lawyer, which was a surprise to me. I always like uh, to see him in anything else because he's yeah. just Monk for me. And he, he's also in, a, in another Coen Brother movie that we're going to talk about, I assume. But obviously, recently in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's so, diff- so weird to see him in other movies than, or other roles than Monk. Yeah, Monk is just so iconic, and yeah. I totally agree. Seeing him as anything else, because he's so taken aback by everything and so controlled in Monk, or I guess also uncontrolled, and then he plays people who swear and do yes. normal people things. He's very good, <laughs> Close though. My mind. Yeah, he really does both uh, rather well. <laughs> yeah. And The Man Who Wasn't There was also a movie that um, I wanted to watch for the Scarlett Johansson special, because it... Mm-hmm does star a very young Scarlett Johansson. And it's also, I have to say, it's a black and white movie. I think the mm-hmm. Coen Brothers' only black and white movie. Um, but it did, came out, it did come out in 2001 or whatever, so it was a stylistic choice, obviously. I mean, they, they didn't mean that they need to say that. <laughs> I to think it, it's, I? it's been since, since the 60s, right? When, I did, when was the change the color? I mean, the first ones, I guess, I think in the 50s. Right. And in that long? Wow. Maybe even 40s, but I think 50s. And then... Back then, even in the Oscars, they got two different characters categories for best black and white film and best color film. And I think they changed it in the 70s, maybe 60s. I'll take your word for it. I have no idea. Could be very wrong. I'm, I'm guessing more than yeah. knowing anything. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it did not blow me away. And I have to say this movie would not have made my list if I had found a different movie. It sort of, uh, <laughs> it was fine. It was absolutely fine. And it was, um, okay. I, I agree with Billy Bob Thornton. He's, he's always good. He's, he was good in this as well. Um, it's just like a story that spirals out of control, which sort of maybe um, describes every Coen Brother movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I yeah, thought right? the same thing, uh, same thing right now, yeah. yeah. Looking at my list, I think it's accurate for every single one I would of agree, them. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a crime sort of noir, I guess, because of the vibe and obviously the black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it, it takes turns that you don't expect. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, you, could not, you couldn't write this, <laughs> but they is, did. <laughs> is it also one of the more funny ones? Because, I mean, no, not at pretty all. much everyone. Each of them are funny in their own way, but some less than others. This one, very, no. I, okay. I mean, he, once again, in the beginning, <laughs> last week we had that Saint Maud thing where just in the beginning it had some funny elements mm-hmm. I did have to chuckle quite a bit when he because he's just so deadpan in, in, his, in his delivery Billy Bob Thornton because he's just such a dull guy <laughs> Gandolfini's over for dinner and he's just asking like hey did you serve in the Navy or, or in, in Nam I think it was mm-hmm. or did you serve at all or whatever I can't remember can't remember now Nam also it takes place in a, like it, a lot of people mention the Vietnam War in Coen Brother movies, so I'm mixing up quite a few things now. I think, but he do just they? asked, "Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, 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 I right, get yeah. to it. Get to I it. can think of two other movies. Yeah, yeah." But he just asked <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, "Like, did you serve?" And he, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton just goes, "Like, 
no, Dan, I didn't. And it just moves on. <laughs> not like any old stories. No, Dan, I didn't. And he just moves on and talks to Francis again. Yeah, it's weird. What's your, t- what's your 10? All right. Uh, well, my number 10 is their very first uh, feature film, which is Blood Simple. Not on my list. Okay. I've seen this for the very first time this week, or I guess last week. And yeah, it's the very first directing directed feature film and it's also the very first acting credit for Francis McDormand in a feature film Mm -hmm. I guess they knew each other beforehand I think they married the year before it came out I don't know I don't know yeah maybe they met while filming this film but it's it's an older film it's from 1981 and you can see this and you can also see the 84 sorry you can also see the the lower budget Yes. And it's very different from all the other films just because of that and how it feels and how it looks because they were just getting started and still, I guess, discovering their style. But you can see a lot of Coen Brother elements just because of the absurd scenarios taking place. And the movie is about Frances McDormand in one of the leading roles and she has an affair with another man. And that man works for a, for her husband and they have a falling out, of course, and that leads to her husband hiring a man to kill both of them, which, of course, spirals completely out of control because the man he hires is a very... Well, he's funny in how he acts, but he's just a complete fucking weird psycho as well, as pretty much everybody is in this movie. Right. And <laughs> it's a very 80s thriller. I would describe it as. I think if you've seen other movies from that era, it will remind you of them. Would you agree? I mean, have I you mean, seen it? Yes. You did? Yeah. Years ago. And okay. I remember noticing the fact that John Getz is the main character, played, mm-hmm. or the main character is played by John Getz, who is in the social network. So it was just. Is like, he? Yeah, yeah. He plays. Who? The, well, he do, he's um, Mark Zuckerberg's lawyer. <laughs> no face at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, he plays Sai, and he's opposite, obviously, mm-hmm. Gretchen. <laughs> we'll talk about the social network for a bit. We haven't yet. Yeah, <laughs> in fifty-six episodes, yet. we haven't yet. Might might happen. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, did you not like it at all, or? Uh, it's like a six out of ten. I did okay. not really care for it. No, I remembered the ending quite vividly. Mm-hmm. With like the windows, right? Mm-hmm. Where they like hands. It's a great stuff. scene. Yeah, that was yeah. a great scene. Yeah, but other than that, I just remember a long shot of like John Getz running down a road in like this red darkness. Yeah, I mean, there's. That's all I about. Think, I remember. <laughs> no, I the scene I think you're describing it, the whole thing around it, which I'm not gonna spoil because it's also one of the most intense and interesting scenes about the film. But I think it's like 14 minutes of nobody talking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that doesn't sell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say, this is at the bottom of my list, and I think this is on there because I have had nothing else to put on my number 10, but I still liked it. Yeah. But it's not on the same level as I think the following films are. Sure. So yeah, that's my number 10. All right. What's your number nine? My number nine is going to be much higher for you. I am mm-hmm. pretty certain. <laughs> Might mm-hmm. be. What do you think it's going to be? <laughs> I know it's going to say anything. And my nine is, oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, it's higher. Okay. What's your nine? My nine is Barton Fink, the movie we alluded That's my to earlier. Eight. Oh, okay. Yes. That's close. Yes. So it's also a movie that I've seen recently, a <laughs> film that I've seen especially for this. 
podcast for this episode and i have to say i'm so surprised of what it was actually about and what turns it took it's incredible what turns it takes yeah yeah it's nothing i could have ever imagined but it's about a screenplay writer who usually does stage plays for the theater and then moves to los angeles because they think he's great the critics are raving about him and he's convinced to do a bit of other work to earn more money but he's a guy who's very much a fan of the common man as he likes to say yes and he's the one of the most pretentious and hypocritical people what? <laughs> one can imagine John in a way. Turturro, you think? yeah yeah just i mean there's just this scene of him talking to john goodman who plays his neighbor in the hotel the start of the film yeah and john goodman just says Oh yeah, I got a lot of great stories to tell and wants to tell him. So uh, that's my point. The little people have stories to t- uh, stories to tell as well. Yeah. Just as soon as John Goodman wants to say anything, he just interrupts him and he talks about the theater and everything, and then just pretending to be a common man, but he really isn't. Yes, I mean to to be fair though, John Goodman's character, you don't really, especially in the beginning, you don't really mm-hmm. want to spend a lot of time with him. So he just like cuts him off and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's very creepy yeah. in that movie, or not creepy, but like. Yeah. But they do become they do become friends, friends in a of way. course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was surprised as to how much of it actually just took place in the hotel mm-hmm, yeah it's just um yeah him writing and sort of interacting with his neighbor john goodman obviously and um steve buscemi is the uh what the bellboy no yeah, oh, yeah. Chet. he works yeah <laughs> works at the hotel and it's just such a disgusting hotel it's unbelievable man the, the walls but come it down it's amazing just the it lobby looks, looks really cool yeah but yeah just the wall the wallpaper is yeah, that's yes. disgusting, dude. It really is. And again, <laughs> just as a, the Coen brothers do, it, this movie takes, we said it before, it takes turns that it just, you could never think of. And I'm not even talking about like the one of the more big reveals of the movie. It's just mm-hmm. like simple things that you don't quite expect. And I think of one scene where he wakes up in, in the bed mm-hmm. and just uh, smashes a mosquito. I mean, what <laughs> a scene that is. I, dude, I had to, for like five minutes, I was like, is this a very long dream sequence? Yes. What's this, what is going on? I thought the and same also, thing, yeah. Towards the end, what is real, what is yeah. imagined, what is just a metaphor? Yes. Crazy. But I, I did love the interactions we had with, yeah, he had with the uh, studio company owner mm-hmm. and his uh, henchman, also played by John Polito again. With, with the shoes? Yeah, with the shoes. Kissing the feet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beautiful scene i love that guy he delivered the dialogue so well i thought uh, the main guy yeah and the producer guy i think he was also nominated for an oscar for that role what's his name he also stars in quite a few Brother movies as well i think we're talking about the same guy now or are you talking about a different one the the big producer guy the one who kisses his feet mm-hmm. yeah i don't know his name uh let's look it up michael lerner i think right he plays right. jack lipnick mm-hmm. i think that was his name right <laughs> Yeah, and the 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 wife of the author he meets is played mm-hmm. by Judy Davis, who was in the Ref. If you remember that movie from the Christmas special, the little gem uh, uh, I talked about with Kevin Spacey. I'm embarrassed. Oh, right, right, right. She plays his wife in that movie. Yes. All right. Okay. And a completely different role. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised to see her in Barton Fink. Uh, yeah, and also obviously Tony Shalhoub as Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Ben Geisler. 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 <laughs> I love that scene. Geisler. Geisler. He just has his secretary who can't get his name right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Geisler. Geisler. It's also one of his roles where he swears a lot, which is just so uncanny to see him do that. Yeah. 
<laughs> a real prick. Yes, absolutely. And um, Buscemi as Chad, we mentioned, mm -hmm. and um, I think that's about it. Place right? the offer. H W H John Mahoney. Okay. W P uh, W P Mayhew. Mayhew. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, yeah, it's uh, the ending is quite something. Uh, it's just yeah. uh, quite insane that ending and. For whatever reason, it didn't bother me because I, in other movies, those sort of endings where you don't quite know what's going on anymore bother me. And mm -hmm. that's a theme throughout the Coen Brothers filmography that I've had issues with. They always end movies in a maybe not the most satisfactory way when you watch it for the first time. You sort of have to digest those endings for a bit. Mm -hmm. But once you do, they get quite good. I found that to be the case on many of their movies. Yeah. Interesting enough, because we talked about this on our last special, the film reminded me a lot about uh, uh, adaptation because it's got a very sure. similar premise. It's about a screenwriter with writer's block. And I think it's also based on a semi-real story. Or it's inspired by them having writer's block while writing uh, Miller's Crossing. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, Your um, number nine. My... Eight. Sorry, eight, yeah. Which My, is Barton Fink. Which is Barton Fink. Here we go. Yeah, it's <laughs> your eight. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> My number eight is Burn After Reading. That's higher for me. Oh, okay. So <laughs> a bit higher for me. Um, so, in, I mean, the next one is going to be a lot higher for you again. And I have to say, there's a very good reason for this being so low on my list. Okay, I'm interested. My seven is Fargo. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit higher. Okay. What's your right, number seven? My, my number seven is A Serious Man. Did not make my list. Okay. So we, <laughs> oh, always, okay. we already got two movies that diverge. Yes, so interesting. I told you. What can take their place? I, yeah. I got an idea, I guess, but... yeah. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what can take their place? Tune in next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, A Serious Man, one of the more lesser-known movies, I think, and also with the more lesser-known <clears throat> lesser cast as well. Sure. Not any of the regulars appear in this, as far as I'm aware, right? There's no Buscemi, uh, uh, McDormand. I, I, not at right? the top of my head, yeah. I think you're right. And it's also very different from the structure. It's got much less of a grand story as well. It's about a man who has a terrible life pretty much it's about a jewish man with and his wife tells him that she just doesn't love him anymore more and that she wants to marry another man a man that he knows and that she wants to get a get a jewish ritual divorce and she he's just so overwhelmed by all of this and then also gets a lot of other news and has to deal with his children and his work and so much shit just going wrong and even more and so he employs the help of several several rabbis right one who, played by simon helberg yeah from the big bang theory yes. and he wants their help but they all just answer in metaphors and stories that do not relate to his situation at all while also having to deal with his brother who lives in their home and he's quite antisocial, and it's just shit piling on shit piling on and him going in a bit of a spiritual spiritual journey as well trying to figure it out and how why this is happening to him is god testing testing him how can he interpret this and nobody seems to give him any answers and it's just such a weird movie and that's why i liked it so much <laughs> and i actually 
I got spoiled. Um, a few scenes at least were spoiled for me because I had a lecture in my very first semester. We had a guest speaker from, I think, Judaism. Jude, right? No, not Judaism. It, 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 it's a it's its own uh, thing that you can study at university. It's Judaistic, I think it would be the translated title. Okay. It's uh, the, ju- uh, the study of the Jewish religion, of anti-Semitism, of, of symbolism. And there's also a guy who does movie analysis about Jewish uh, symbols, like, for example, in Planet of the Apes, or War for the Planet of the Apes, to be exact, or a lot of Kubrick films as well. And right. he also did an analysis of A Serious Man, showing the different scenes of the rabbis giving him advice, which are some of the most entertaining scenes of the movie. I would agree. <laughs> but did you did you not like it or did you just not like it enough? I would say it's for a six list? out of ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> They've had a lot Fair of enough. six out of ten for me. I mean I get it. Yeah, I mean it stars obviously Michael Stuhlbarg, mm-hmm. um, who I think we talked about before in the pod. He's like he, he's nowadays in a lot of movies. Call me by mm-hmm. your name as Timothy's dad. Yeah. Shape of Water. Shape of Water, yes. I um, mean uh, yeah, many many movies many yeah. many movies and also it stars because you you asked the question if it stars mm-hmm. any like regulars it does star the guy who plays Lipnick uh, Michael Lerner yeah which we just mentioned I can't who remember did who he play he played movie? Solomon Schultz Schlutz Solomon Schlutz ah right yeah yeah the guy who does some investigating for his property right yeah. and also Richard Kind I think I've talked about yes. him when I talked about Red Oaks the TV show um Amazon Prime. Yes. He's a very cool actor. I like yeah. him a lot. Yes. He's just fun. It just, uh, I, it was always, I, I saw this one late too, like maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it was always like this, this weird little Coen Brother movie that obviously it stars Stuhlbarg and it's just, I would say that is not like a very big movie. No, no. And not at all. Um, even though it's got like 140,000 ratings on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But that's because it's a Coen Brother movie. <laughs> but it's one of the more <laughs> less talked about, I guess. And a lot of people loved it a, a lot. But that was one of the Coen Brother movies where I just didn't quite, um, it didn't quite grab me and I couldn't quite follow along with, with everything that's happening. And I know, I remember the ending shot and I was like, okay, is that it? What is going on? As opposed yeah. to the Barton Fink ending shot where I was like, okay, what is going on? But I like it. I get it. The ending is quite weird. And yeah. also just because you talked about how obscure the movie is for a lot of people, I never I, I, i've heard about this i had heard about this movie before but i didn't realize it was a coen brothers film until somebody talked about it uh, in university as i mentioned right. right but yeah it's i think it's a little gem as you would say that not <laughs> a lot of people had heard about what yes. I have. so yeah that's my number seven right we're now getting into the great ones for me <laughs> six right. to one i'm pretty stoked about yeah same and my six is going to be, I think, your one or two. Mm-hmm. And I think you watched this last week, and I think you would have been just as blown away as I was, and even more. Uh, but it just made my six, because it's not my genre. Okay. But it's yours. My six is Miller's Crossing. It's not on my list. It's not on your list? I, I watched this for the special, but it's not on my list. It fought for a number 10 spot, but I fought just blood simple just. I really Stayed don't in my know you mind anymore. Longer. I really don't know you anymore. It's yeah, like the I theme know. of 56 episodes, and I keep saying it, I have no idea who I'm doing this with I anymore. I don't know who I am either. <laughs> Surely that's a movie that uh, you should love, no? A gangster genre movie with, uh, I don't know, 
it, it, that, that alone sells it to you, no? Yeah, but I didn't like a lot of the characters. John Turturro's character, I think, was the most interesting one really? in the movie. And maybe John, uh, Joe Polito's as well. Right. But I, I liked scenes of the movie, but the movie as a whole just felt a little forgettable for me, except for one or two scenes. So, And then Blood Simple just grabbed me a bit more and just was a bit more of a surprise for me. Interesting. Yeah. I loved Miller's Crossing. And mm -hmm. that says something, if you know me, <laughs> because I am not the biggest fan of Goodfellas, Godfather, mm -hmm. um, what other, like Gangs of New York. I don't know why that falls into For my sure. mind right now. But Irishman. Yeah. Irishman. Yes. So I was hesitant to watch this. Mm -hmm. But I, that movie worked completely for me. And I loved Gabriel Byrne as the main yeah. guy. I really did. This guy who always seems to be ahead of everyone else, but then again, he gets punched in the face more than any dude I've ever watched in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it stars Albert Finney, who I love ever since yeah. I first saw Aaron Brockovich and obviously the first like um, uh, murder on the Orient Express. The original I he never plays... Um, God, what's his name? Uh, po Poirot? Hercules Poirot? Poirot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never know how to pronounce his name either. Poirot? Pierre, Pierre, Poirot? Poirot? I think it's Poirot. Maybe. Um, and I was, it took me such a long time to figure out who he was in that movie because, or in, in Miller's Crossing because I had mm. never seen, in, in, for example, in Aaron Brockovich, he's a bit more, a bit heavy, like, and he's quite thin in this movie. So it took me quite a while to put face to name, but I, I got there eventually. And I loved it, man. I, I love the interaction. He plays Leo, Albert Finney, I think. Opposite uh, Gabriel Byrne as the main guy. I forgot what, mm -hmm. what was his name. Um, Jesus. Was Tom. it Jesus too? <laughs> Tom. Tom, right? It I sounds think. right. Um, Tom, who is a, just a guy with a gambling addiction, I guess, and it starts off that he owes someone money, and Leo wants to help him out because he's sort of the boss of the city or whatever, the unofficial crime boss, I guess, and uh, he doesn't want his help. And then Leo has uh, an affair with. I think it's Marcia Gay Harden, Marcia Gay Harden, mm -hmm. who I also never saw in a role that, er, like in an early role before. I know her like in more recent stuff. So such as I, I, I've, I didn't recognize her as far as I'm. She has a tell. part in the Dead Girl. I don't know if you've seen I that movie. Haven't seen it, no. Um, but she's in in a ton of things, dude. I Mystic just River. Her up. Yeah, Into the Wild. Yeah. Interesting. Ton of things. In the movie Miller's Crossing, she then has an affair with Tom that uh, obviously needs to stay hidden from Leo and blah, blah, mm. blah. But I just, I think it's Marcia Gay Harden's brother played by John Turturro, right? Mm -hmm. And he's missing or whatever, Bernie, and, or not missing, but I don't want to give away too yeah. much, obviously, but. Well, it, it kind of revolves around him, right? Because it opens with Joe Polito going to Leo. Oh, Joe Polito saying, is so good in that movie. Yeah. And he wants uh, John Turturro's character death because he thinks he cheated him. But Leo right. wants to protect him because he's sleeping with his sister. Right. And then it's the predicament. What is he going to do? Is he going to start a confrontation with the other gangster or is he going to sacrifice the guy? Yes. You're much better than me than um, sort <laughs> well, of... I, yeah, I, I watched it like four days ago. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I did too. <laughs> Just, okay. you know, you're, you're better at these plot things. Um, yeah. It just, um, for whatever reason, got 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 me. And um, that whole scene in the woods at Miller's Crossing. Yeah, that's like one of the best scenes. Dad and Joe Polito and this kid. So it's just 
that's just comedy gold in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very good kid. Very good kid actor again. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'd be surprised, like, be interested in knowing like how much that kid actually acted or is that way in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But also interesting enough, the Dane who plays the henchman of Joe Polito's character was supposed to be played by Peter Stormare. That makes total sense to me. But he couldn't. Sadly. Okay. Timing. He was also supposed, okay. to, uh, supposed to be called the Swede and then the name changed because of the actor. Yeah. But the whole thing, how the movie ends too, I thought was pretty, pretty smart. Yeah. The ending is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, take my word for that movie. If, because if you're not a big fan of gangster movies as I am not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that one worked for me. Yeah, and little sorry, little fun fact as well. It's got a cameo by Sam Raimi, who's a friend of the Coen Brothers, because the first feature film that I kind of worked on, as far as I'm aware, is as assistant editors on Evil Dead. Interesting. Yeah, I know that he they wrote movies together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you just say that? <laughs> that, <laughs> no, he, right? that they wrote things together? Yeah. No. Okay, I, I spaced out there for a second. But who is he, who is he in <laughs> Miller's right. Crossing? Uh, when they burn down, like not to speak, maybe a speakeasy or something like that, all the police come up and they throw a grenade in or something and then they start shooting at the place and then a guy comes out and surrenders and then he's just gunned down by a policeman. Right. Sam Raimi is that policeman with two revolvers going all Rambo on them. Oh, he's the policeman. Mm-hmm. Do you actually see his face or is that just like you, you wouldn't... You see his face. Complete face. He's dressed as a detective so he's got a suit on his full faces, visible. I, I, that, that, I didn't notice that. Because I know yeah, his face. I should have known that. I just saw it in the credits, Sam Raimi, and then I looked it up as well. Right. Didn't recognize him. Right. Well, there goes my prediction for your number one. What's your number <laughs> six? My number six is going to be higher for you. It's Inside Lewin Davis. I mean, it's not a lot higher, but it's okay. a bit higher. Okay. So let's <laughs> yeah, save it. Just a bit What's higher. What's your number five? My five is the Hutsucker Proxy. I also missed that one. I didn't think this would be on your list that high, I... I didn't see it as like a big Coen Brother film, but all right. I would argue that's a bigger movie than uh, The Man Who Wasn't Here. Wasn't yeah. there? Like, okay. I Maybe. Think so. I, I haven't seen it either. So. Let me okay. check. Hutsucker Proxy has 77,000 ratings. This is all I'm basing this on, by the way. Okay. 77,000. And we're going to go to The Man Who Wasn't There, which has 104,000. Yeah. Take that win. The Man Who <laughs> Wasn't There also got some Oscar nominations as well. Right. I mean, okay. If you okay, yeah, you're right. Well, you're that right. also kind of right. boosts uh, the viewership. You're right. Hot Soccer Proxy, I absolutely loved, and if if it like the first thirty minutes are my favorite thirty minutes of Coen Brother movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if the end, if the rest of the movie could have uh, lived up to those thirty minutes, this would be my number one. Because it's if still you high, yes. Yeah, um, Tim Robbins has never been funnier than anything I've seen him in. He plays this young sort of he just graduated from college and wants to make it big but no one takes him on because he doesn't have experience he wants to work in like um, some sort of business i don't don't even know what what it is now uh, um just in some sort of company i think he wants to make things he has an idea for something and he just wants to be able to you know bring it to light mm-hmm. and he um no one accepts him obviously because he doesn't have any experience and at the hut sucker um company i think it's called um hires people without experience so he goes there um okay. all bambi eyed and everything and young and excited but he just he's just thrown in in the mail room where there's like hundreds of people just with millions thousands and thousands of letters 
and um, no pay, long hours, and it's just um, one of the most stressful jobs I've ever seen. But then a blue letter arrives, which I have to say, first of all, I'm not giving away too much. The, the, first, <laughs> the first scene of the movie is the, it's the president of the company jumping out of the window after he heard how great everything was going. Like the what? company is doing perfect and he stands up on the table and runs out and jumps out of the window and dies. <laughs> okay. And um, I would just want to look if that's also, because that's also an actor that um, I think maybe we, he's in, oh brother, where art thou? Interesting. As who? Pappy O'Daniel. Pappy, who was Pappy again? Who was Pappy again? <laughs> I, I watched the movie today. <laughs> so that's okay. kind of embarrassing. <laughs> who is Pappy? I think, isn't Pappy O'Daniel the, oh sh- Ah, yeah, I think he's the guy who's running for governor. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Opposite the guy from the clans. The yeah, Homer yeah, yeah, yeah. something. Right. So he plays uh, wearing hot sucker and he jumps out the window in the beginning, right? So then flash forward to him, to Tim Robbins in the uh, basement or whatever in the letter department. And one day a an alarm rings and it's like a blue letter is coming in. You have no idea what it means, mm-hmm. but just everyone had, everyone panics. <laughs> Because no one wants to receive the letter because it obviously implies something, uh, I don't know, there's a big burden on the person who has to deliver it. So the only person who has not, no idea what this is and what, like, he, he doesn't know that he doesn't want to take on that responsibility is Tim Robbins. So he gets handed the letter and he has to personally deliver it to Sidney J. Musburger, who is played by Paul Newman, the legend himself. Paul Newman, really? Sundance, Butch Cassidy and Sundance yeah. Kid and so many. The Sting, wow. one of the, I, I don't want to say one of the greats because there's so many <laughs> movies I haven't seen. I have, I'm still, I have to catch up on so many of his movies, but I love him. So he is one of the greats, but I just don't really, you know, I haven't seen enough yet. But he then, <laughs> he, basically the plot is this. Sidney J. Musburger, he wants to fi- he wants to hire or find a new president. So he's a high tier and he's a high guy in the company, right? Mm-hmm. So he they want the board want to find a new president for with with like a bad reputation to bring the company down because that would that would make the stock cheaper so that they could all buy stocks. So then as soon as they replace the president and the company grows again they have all the stock genius yeah does that make sense i think so, so he hires tim robbins because he's such a doofus and the scene where he hands him the blue letter is so funny because the, the whole like building this movie takes place in he's got like these gigantic rooms and in one gigantic room there's just one desk and sydney J. musburger sits at the desk and tim robbins has to walk like a mile to get to him but he's on the phone, uh, Paul Newman. And he's just like, uh, Tim Robbins comes in, he doesn't want to interrupt him. And he's just standing in the middle of the room and sort of hesitantly walks forward and backwards. And it is hysterical. It is so funny the way he acts. And then, um, yeah, that's that's really only the first like 15 minutes. But then Tim Robbins is president and it's got Jennifer Jason Lee, who I have to say, I, I'm not the biggest fan of. I, I just am really? not. Yep. I think she's great. But they watch the Hutsucker proxy. I love it. <laughs> She plays like a journalist who is mm-hmm. very like 40s and 50s movies, like fast talking and uh, like one of those gals. <laughs> she even, yeah, th- that's okay. even mentioned in the thing. Um, like, um, what, what's that movie? Her Girl Friday? His Girl Friday? Is that what it is? 
His Girl Friday. I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. Maybe. His Girl Friday, yeah, the sure. 1940 yeah. movie. That reminded me so much of her. And um, yeah, I don't want to give away anything else because there's much, much more to discover. It, 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 it's just so funny because he has this idea of like he just a circle. That's his brilliant idea. He keeps telling everyone a circle. <laughs> I saw that scene actually. Yeah. Uh, it's it's brilliant it's just so good the the end of the movie obviously it it didn't live up to the first 30 minutes i thought but it's still a fantastic movie and it Mm. it's only number five because i do like four to one more but as i said six through one are all fantastic in my opinion interesting okay so i guess i have to check this out i thought this is something that i could definitely skip but it's one of the more funny coen brother movies in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah wow okay wow so that's your five? Four? That's my five. Wow, okay. Well, my five is True Grit, a very different movie than what you just described. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. That's not on my list. <laughs> wow, okay. Oh, you know this. Are... We talked about this movie on what, the Damon special? All right, right. Is I it just in... figured it would be somewhere on your list. I didn't think it would be high, but not at all. I'm just interesting what else could be on there. We'll have the same couple of movies in, at I the guess, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, True Grit, it's a Western with, as you mentioned, Matt Damon, of course, also Jeff Bridges, and also Elizabeth Marvel as the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I saw this movie shortly after I watched News of the World. Or I guess I rewatched it. Otherwise, right. I probably wouldn't even have realized that. And in the leading role pretty much i fo- sadly forgot her name she's gotten Haley's, bigger now yeah Haley seinfeld right she also plays in edge of 17 which is a fun coming of age movie yes i think also on netflix right now or it was at least great woody harrison performance in that yeah definitely and yeah true grit it's a western have we talked about this on the damon special i think so I yeah guess it made I your list it made your list. yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's about uh, Haley Seinfeld's character whose father had been killed by an outlaw. So she wants to put his affairs in order and hires a marshal played by Jeff Bridges and wants to capture and then, of course, kill the outlaw they're chasing. And Matt Damon plays a Texas ranger who wants to accompany them, help them, and get the bounty for this outlaw. And it's their journey across the states and trying to find that outlaw who I'm not going to spoil who is played by, but I think it's kind of a cool reveal if you've seen other Coen Brother movies. Yes. And I think she's just absolutely fucking amazing in her role, Haley Seinfeld. She's good, yeah. She's great yeah. in everything. I really yeah, like her. Definitely. And it's also got Dom Hill Gleason in a smaller role. No, sorry. not Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dom Hill Gleason. <laughs> yeah. I confuse him with his father a lot. Well, that's that's and yeah. I think it's got some very funny elements, just Matt Damon with his heavy accent and being a bit of more goofy and very conservative guy who just at one point spanks Haley Seinfeld for being disobedient. Right. Just such a abs- such a absurd scene in my opinion. Right. But yeah, I think it's just great acting all around and just an engaging story. I mean, I think this is the only remake, right? That the Coen brothers no. ever did. No? No. Um, there's another one. Which one was it? I mean, they did Lady Killers, which was also oh, right, a right, remake. Lady Killers, of course. And apart from that, I mean, No Country Folk Men was based on a book. I don't, right. I don't think it's been 
adapted before. I guess Oh Brother Where Art Thou, also based on a book that's been adapted quite a few times. Right, but has it been? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is it's based on the Odyssey. Right, but no, so, okay. In other sure, ways, I sure, guess. Sure, but not but, like that specific yeah. story, I mean. But apart from that, I... Not as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe but, yeah. I shouldn't have said that. I <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a great movie. And it's one of the best Western dis- Westerns that I've seen. It's no dead really? man. Really? Wow. But, it's I mean, no dead man. <laughs> it's one of the best Westerns that I've ever seen. But, I mean, which great Westerns are there? I mean... I'm the wrong person to ask. That's yeah, not my genre right? either, but yeah, there are many. <laughs> well, The Wild Bunch, The Magnificent Seven. Haven't seen that one. I'm, yeah. And I'm also still missing the Clint Eastwood movies. The yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, that shouldn't, we shouldn't even uh, publish Talk, that information. Yeah. No, yeah. no. That's, We're posers. <laughs> we don't know movies. <laughs> well, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is a very big omission on yeah. both of our uh, yeah. lists. I, I mean, I have seen For a Fistful of Dollars, which is just the worst version of Jojimbo by Akira Kurosawa. Here comes the Kurosawa so. fanboy again. Yeah. Well, you could say the same thing about the, um, what, what was it? The, um, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven, yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but yeah, I mean, I think Seven Samurai is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. But yeah. All right. <laughs> it's a discussion for another time. <laughs> the Kurosawa top ten, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your number four then? My four is Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. And I have to admit, dude, I haven't seen it since the theater. Mm-hmm. And I just know that. Did this make your list? When? Now? Yeah, it's my number six. I thought you hated that movie. I didn't like it the first time, so I rewatched it so to give it a fair shot, and I liked it so much more now. And I think I know why I didn't like it because it's got a lot of songs in the full length. And I think I was kind of bored when I first saw it. I was quite young, and I just expected <laughs> a totally different uh, movie, and just from the narrative as well, from where it goes and what the movie's actually about. I think when I was, I mean, I was like 15 when I watched this movie for the first time. Right. And I expected something more traditional, I guess, and was kind of dissatisfied with the ending. But now I do like those kind of those kinds of movies way more, and I just absolutely love the soundtrack now as well. And I just love the outer space. <laughs> outer space. Adam Driver. Yeah, he yeah. is, uh, yeah. That was sort of the beginning of the um, Adam Driver, Adam Driver taking over Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the very really? beginning. Well, yeah, I would think so. I guess so. so yeah. He was in Girls, obviously. But yeah, I think that I, sort of started yeah. it off. Yeah, I first noticed him in Star Wars, but no, sure, but that's sort of late. Yeah, right, right. That's basically him conquering Hollywood at that point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has now. Yeah, I love the soundtrack. That's the mm-hmm. main like selling point for me because yeah. it's written also by the Mumf- Mumford and Sons or just Marcus mm-hmm. Mumford. And um, I love it. And I had the song uh, "Hang Me, Oh Hang Me." I mm-hmm. put that on my phone after I saw the, the- after I saw the movie the first yeah. time in theaters. And um, yeah, I think he plays that like opposite. Um, what's his name? Um, F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham, right? I think he's in this movie. Is he? I think so. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, I think that's him. I'm pretty sure that's him. But obviously you got all these, like John Goodman is in this. You got Justin Timberlake, Carrie Mulligan. Um, mm, who I think in- she's great. Amazing voice. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. She's obviously also in Drive with Oscar Isaac because mm-hmm. the main guy is played by Oscar Isaac. Did we mention that? I'm not sure. I don't think so. 
Yeah, and he's just fantastic as the struggling folk singer who's trying to make it. And um, the music is fantastic. It's got a very interesting way of telling its story, just from the where, just from where it starts and where it ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot of funny elements to it as well. It's got one of those. It's one of those movies that isn't a comedy by any means, but has some mm-hmm. real life comedy, which I always uh, enjoy. And um, yeah, I mean, he. Um, He's just a very relatable character to me, not in the sense of I'm pursuing a music, a music career, but I could, just, I could just relate with him. I feel like he played it so well, Oscar Isaac, and you can see the struggle and you can see his passion and it's just, um, you root for the guy, mm-hmm. uh, even though not a lot of it's going his way. Yeah, I think he, his interactions with people, also John Goodman in the car yeah. is amazing. And also, yeah, Carrie Mulligan, when they sit on the bench and they right. talk about her because she's pregnant which is kind of a bit of a problem for them why i'm not going to go into but i think they're just great because she just puts him down immediately whatever he says she she just fucking destroys him every fucking time he tries to say something but she she loves him and despises him despises him in a way i guess she loves him because they do interact with each other but she doesn't let that on right. and i think that's just great how they talk and how he reacts to it and he knows he's a bit of a piece of shit just how he treats people but <laughs> Yeah. He just can't catch a break. Yeah. And this also like solidifies how like how much variety is in the Coen brothers' work. Not mm-hmm. not that it wasn't solidified before inside Lewin Davis, which is a more recent movie, but it's just quite incredible to me that how different their movies are, but then you could still tell that it's a Coen brother movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like and, that's quite an achievement. Yeah, and they got a great taste in music. Also really in yeah. Opera Where Art, they were just folk music. I, they really got a hand for that. And yeah, yeah, the look is also incredible in that movie. I mean, yeah. very weird and just very like a lot of blue and, and green and just very like I don't even know how to describe it. Not a lot of color. Yeah, it just seems very damp, but it fits it, the mood. I mean, it does play in the nineteen sixties, and it's got to feel like it's back then. It feels like a bit less color. Like I guess like if somebody filmed it with an old camera. Right, because as we all know, colored movies came out uh, in the 50s, right? <laughs> uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm interested to know, I don't know if you know this, at the very beginning of the movie, he gets greeted by a man in the alley whose Jesus. face we never really see. Okay. Oh, okay. It's been a while since you've seen it. But I'm interested because you never see his face, but I'm wondering who is it his Sam voice Ramey? is. <laughs> I would be surprised. It seems more like Billy Bob Thornton, but I don't think it is him, just from how he talks. Okay, I, I haven't seen it in so long. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but, um, but yeah. if you know it, let us know. Uh, but I've been binging the soundtrack as well. It's amazing, especially 500 Miles. Great right. song. Yeah, Hang Me, Oh, Hang Me. And um, yeah, Fare Thee well. well, I love yeah. Fare Thee and Well. Of course, please, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, please, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> I had that on repeat as well. <laughs> Oh, outer um, space. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your four? Uh, Fargo, which you yeah. had way higher or lower, I guess. Well, it's not even that much. It's my seven. Okay. Well, yeah, Fargo. I think it's their breakout movie, and they're one of the most well-known movies and iconic, especially now that the show has come out, which takes place pretty much exactly after the events of the movie. And I think it's also very much known just because of the opening title or yes. text that appears because it says based on a true story. Right. Which it is. And yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. But it just having that said at the beginning of the film and thinking, did it really happen? 100%. Or imagining that 100%. makes it so much more fun, even more. And the cool thing is, it is set in Fargo. And the whole film is a bit of a thriller, but it's in crime, and but it's got so many funny elements in them in the movie because it's set in North Dakota. And I think they also picked that place because it's got such a funny accent. I was going to say so the, the accent alone is funny. Yeah. yeah. And so everything terrible is just overshadowed by them <laughs> saying, all right, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and A. But yeah. yeah, but it's about a man played by William Blanking. Um, William H. Macy. It, William H. Macy, thank you, who's I think now most known for his role in Shameless or widely known. Because of well, his I would role say there. yes. I would say our generation knows him yes. as Frank Gallagher. Yeah, but he plays a bit of a desperate husband who needs money for a project and he doesn't know how to get it. So he decides to hire two men to kidnap his wife because his father-in-law is loaded, but he absolutely despises him. So he wants them to kidnap his wife and send out a ransom, and then they're gonna split the ransom. And the kidnappers are played by Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormore. Right. Who are just a very odd pair because Steve Buscemi <laughs> can't seem to shut up and Peter Stormore refuses to talk. Which is a theme throughout his uh, Cohen brother career, Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah. I mean, I he's, he's told I'm, to shut up multiple times. I think it's also based on, I read somewhere, because in another movie he barely talks at all. Right. So he right, wanted right. to talk more. Right. And also the same thing with... Big Lebowski. Yeah, and... No, but with uh, Billy Bob Thornton character, uh, his character, because he talks a lot in one of his films. I forgot which one. And so they made him talk very slow and way less in The Man Who Wasn't There. Okay. Or I guess just slower. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's just a, mo- uh, a thing that also spirals out of control, of course. But in the leading role, earning her her first Academy Award, I think deservedly. It's just a, so much of a, such a fun role by Frances McDormand as the police officer who tries to solve all of this because the kidnappers, of course, slip up, make a mistake, and then she kind of follows the lead from there. Right. And it's just absurd and <laughs> funny and brutal and shocking and just a fun film. With um, John Carroll Lynch as, as the husband. husband. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep, yep. Yeah, I have to say, this is my number seven for a very good reason, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or no, good, I mean, that's objective, but... <laughs> I saw the show first. Ooh, and okay, for yeah. me, it will forever be better than the movie. I'm talking about season it's one. It's so different, I guess. It is so different, but, yeah. but then again, it's not. I mean, it, it is. The, season yeah. one is kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I mean, so. Of course it's similar. I mean, it, it takes place in the same place. It starts off immediately at the end of the movie, and then it jumps ahead 30 years. Is that what happens? It's about the guy finding something and then him being an absolute prick to Martin Freeman's character. Yes. And I don't want it because they're not involved in that show, the Coen brothers, mm-hmm. other than obviously it, it's maybe based on their movie. Maybe, producer, maybe, yeah. but not like writing or directing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that obviously stars Billy Bob Thornton and Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. As you said, and I think they're just fantastic. And They are. And Allison, the woman who plays the... Yeah. The sheriff. Yeah, who plays uh, Princess McDormand's character. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not her. No, I know. But yeah, I'm but saying, similar, yeah, 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 I'm saying similar. I think he's, her name is Allison something. Yeah, uh, I think she's great, especially in that show. Yes, I agree. 
Uh, so that's the only reason why, because I, I saw Fargo the movie later, and I was like, mm. I've been in this world for a whole season <laughs> before. So it Fair. wasn't as maybe original to me as it should have been maybe. But okay. I, I do love it. I think Macy is just as good in the leading role as is Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. or maybe even better. Um, he's really terrific in this, and I agree. It's, um, it, it deserves to be higher. It's just for me, it's, the show is always going to be uh, ahead of it. I get it. The, the show is fantastic, and I recommend watching the movie first and checking out the show all of the seasons, even though the seasons aren't connected. Yeah, I, I started watching season two. Yeah? Yeah, only one episode, no? though. Yeah, oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah. This season two is cool. Free as well had a problem with free at, at the start, but it gets better. And season four is set to come out this year sometime with was Chris Rock. I thought that was already out. Was it already out? I'm okay, maybe sure. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe. Alison Tolman. I just looked oh, it okay. up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so that leaves your number three. four. No, my three. Ah, sorry. Of course. That was your and four. You're right. right. Yeah. Sorry. Season four is already out in September. My bad. <laughs> there you go. We uh, missed a pick. Yeah. It could have been a pick. <laughs> Um, my three is this is definitely one of your top three is the Big Lebowski. Yeah, but it's higher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So my number three is Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. Okay. Which was your eight? nine? Nine. Okay. I mean, I was just completely taken off guard by this movie. I bought it on Blu-ray. I've never seen it before, and it was just like, oh, all right, okay. it's. It's a Coen Brothers film. Let's check it out. I think that was like three, four years ago. Oh, I thought it was recently. Okay. No, no, no. And I was just so surprised and delighted by this, not just by the soundtrack, which is amazing, <laughs> but just the story and how whimsical it feels and stupid. It's just such a nice adventure in a way, which I just didn't expect at all. I thought it would be either darker or even dumber. <laughs> It was just. It is pretty dumb, per- though. <laughs> just perfectly in between. And I rewatched it today, and I just had a smile on my face, or was just so filled with joy in a way because of the characters and the music. And it's, I think, as we mentioned before, it's based on the Odyssey by Homer, which came out around three thousand years ago. <laughs> it's a more recent release. <laughs> Still a classic, but yeah, it's based loosely based on it and the funny thing is i read the coen brothers never read the odyssey okay and joel cohen uh apparently said that he has it on his nightstand he, he had he has had it there for about 10 years and he still hasn't read it so how is and it based on it then it, they just know about it from other movies and okay. from being told about it but they never actually read it and it's a very modern interpretation. It's set in the 1930s, I think 1934, 1937, something like that, during the Great Depression. And it's about three prison inmates who escape from a chain gang and then make their way across the country to find the treasure that George Clooney's character is hidden. And he's chained together with Tim Blake Nelson and, of course, John Turturro. Of course. And it's got a lot of cameos by a lot of other actors like for example john goodman who plays the cyclops <laughs> i mean yeah yeah it's it, i'm really struggling not to mix up all of these cameos <laughs> I, I, I know yeah, of course yeah they just drop a name of one of the characters and he'll be in, in there somewhere yeah i mean john root of course as well he was also in a lot of com brother movies steven root steven root i'm sorry and yeah it's them 
encountering the different trials of Odysseus. And of course, um, George Clooney's character is called Ulysses, which is right. Everett McGill. Everett right? McGill, yeah. yeah. And John Turturro's character, I forgot. Oh, uh, um, um, oh God. Isn't it? Oh, isn't it I watched it today and. No, I think it's something else because Paul. They think. I mean, there's a very funny scene with a toad. Right. That's the scene I'm thinking of when they were. Yeah. What? In the Pete, cinema. Not it, Paul, Pete. Pete, of course, yeah. And Delma O'Donnell. Yeah, Delma is. Uh, that is my highlight of the film. <laughs> I just love Tim Lake Nelson. I really do. And his. He is great. His yeah. um, voice is, is also so incredible to me. Yeah. And it's also got Michael Badaluco, who was in The Man Who Wasn't There. Right. Plays also right. one of the barbers. Right, right. I Absolutely. thought it today, just by coincidence. But yeah, it's about them traveling across, uh, <clears throat> across the country and then recording a piece of music as the Soggy Bottom <laughs> Boys. And yeah. that song has more success and more popularity than the movie, which is just hilarious. Because the movie soundtrack spawned two follow-up albums it's had its own tour and it even won a grammy for best western or country album who which just who funny. sings it do you know i f- fucking forgot it's <laughs> definitely forgot. not them it's it was supposed to be george clooney but he even practiced for it and then they at the last minute i think replaced them because he just couldn't get it right. exactly right uh, but it's by somebody quite known, I think, but I've never heard of this person myself. Okay. But, yeah, I can't find it right now. But, I mean, it is your number nine. Why did you pick it on your list? I mean, it's still on there and still a good movie for you, right? Yeah, I mean, the song, um, I I have um, memories of that song because we were once asked to play it in, in uh, our band was asked to play it at a, wed- at a wedding. Oh, wow. I would have loved to hear that. Yeah. I did not sing it. (laughs) I can't even remember if we actually played it, but we definitely rehearsed it. Mm. Um, Well, uh, our lead singer. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But I I, I think, first of all, Clooney is charming as hell, as he always Mm is. Um, Him on it, basically the movie is two hours of him finding hair gel. That's what I found. That's what I got (laughs) from the movie. (laughs) It is a big part of the movie. (laughs) Dapper Dan. Um, no, I like the the music elements of it too, and I loved the way this movie wrapped up the whole performance at mm-hmm. the end. I thought that was very well done, and I also liked the um, the scene <laughs> where <laughs> where the women are like uh, hypnotizing them basically the with their sirens. song. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just such weird. It's so weird, and it's that's also Coen Brothers to me. It's just some so weird, so many so weird choices in in their movies, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, it's just the setting to me is not the most appealing, and I don't know. It just it, I can I can get the appeal for it, but it didn't really get me as much as it does other people. I don't know. It's I thought it was yeah. fine. I think this is more like a seven out of ten. You know, it's it's better than than some of the other Coen Brothers movies, but for me, it won't it won't ever have that some um, impact. Yeah, I mean, I for me, it's more I guess a feeling than just a objective view an objective view in the movie because it just makes me feel great just the music and the acting like i said and right. it's just my kind of humor in a lot of ways but it's yeah i get it why it's not 
one's favorite Coen Brother movie. I did expect this to be high for you, so I'm glad. Higher I, even? I, no, wow. no, no, I don't, no. High, uh, just okay, high. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I still know you a little bit. <laughs> still a little, a little predictable. Yes. Ah, little predictable, can't talk. All right, so. I did love the actors, by the way. So yeah, yeah, that, that was the main thing for me. All three of them and everyone else too. But sorry, we did do your three, right? Which was Inside Lebowski. Lewin Davis. No, uh, three is Big Lebowski. Uh, okay, sorry. So we're number two. Ho, 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 wow. I think, no, I know what your two and one is. Yeah, same. I don't know the, the order. No, my two is uh, Burn After Reading. Oh, okay. Which is, <laughs> this might be the most out there pick for me or on, <laughs> on our lists. I watched this like a year or two ago with a mm-hmm. friend of mine and I loved it, man. I just loved it. It's yeah. got no... It's just maybe one of the weirdest Coen Brother movies just in terms of how over the top everything is. <laughs> yeah. And then again, it's all about nothing really in the, in the yeah. end. When, like so many <laughs> Coen Brothers movies again. <laughs> but I don't even know where to begin with this story. I mean, Brad Pitt's in one of his greatest roles, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad that they, that they didn't collaborate more often. Yeah, I'm sure they will be maybe some some point. Well, it hopefully. would be cool, yeah. But um, he finds like a, what is it, a list of CIA operatives? What it's, is it? It's a disc with information about the CIA, about yeah. meetings and people and yeah. Top secret shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he works at this fitness place mm-hmm. with Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out that it's, what is it, Oswald Cox? <laughs> is it that? Osborne yeah. Cox. Osborne, Osborne Cox. okay, sorry. Yeah. Played by the wonderful, um, what's his name? John Malkovich. John Malkovich. I kept, I kept thinking Goodman there for a minute. John Malkovich. <laughs> he sadly and, isn't in that movie. Is he not? Maybe. John, <laughs> maybe as a cameo, some yeah. voice in the background <laughs> working out. That reminds me, dude, Bruce Campbell is in mm. Hudsucker Proxy. Right. Because okay. that movie is written by Sam Raimi. He's also in The Lady Killers. I haven't seen The Lady Killers. I've only okay. seen the original, and I didn't feel the need to watch the remake. Yeah, I would like to see the, the original now that I've seen the remake. Yeah, but I, I forgot to mention that. Hot Sucker Proxy, written by Sam Raimi, and therefore it has a Bruce Campbell that role, <laughs> which course, I just absolutely loved. It is, it is. But Burn After Reading, I mean, help me. It's been also two years, and I'm, I'm blanking on so many plot things. Where does Clooney come into place for this? Yeah, I mean, I rewatched this recently, and yeah. I was surprised how, how good it was watching it, watching it, no, watching it again. But yeah, it's Osborne Cox who is married to his wife, who they seem quite unhappy together. And as you soon find out uh, about George Clooney's character, is that he's having a, an affair with Osborne Cox's wife because they apparently know each other because he's also in law enforcement in some way. Who's the wife again? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Of course. Yeah, because at the very beginning of the movie, Osborne Cox is fired from his job because he drinks too much, which is being... Somebody tells him who is a Mormon, which just makes him even more angry because he also <laughs> has a bit of a temper problem. Right. And his wife is just an absolute B-word bitch. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> censoring <laughs> yourself and then just... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and just belittling him and him trying to of course also stand up to her and then wanting to write his memoirs right which is where the other characters then coming and then of course francis mcdormand who wants a 
plastic sh- surgery. Yes. All she all she wants is a plastic surgery. <laughs> and J.K. Simmons is also in this. Of course, yes, the CIA yeah, director. Fantastic yeah. little small part. Yeah. I mean, I also watched a, a video today about Coen Brother movies, or I guess especially about one Coen Brother movie. Shot reverse shot? No. No. Oh. I watched that as, that one as well. But no, I watched one about the Big Lebowski also. And a, maybe a bit overanalyzing that movie. But what he said in that video rang true to me so much now that I've seen so many of their movies again. Right. Which is that their movies are extremely anticlimactic. <laughs> it's something really that they, they play with. In so many movies, you think, oh, what's going to happen? Then they just either explain it or show it in passing which would have been in many other movies, the big showdown or the big reveal or whatever. Right. Which is great if you know it because it makes you kind of laugh, but it can be kind of disappointing if you expect something else. And I think that was a bit of my problem with Burn After Reading when I first watched it. Fair. Fair. But then again, it has sort of climactic moments in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that scene where Brad Pitt hides yeah. in the closet is just one of my favorite Coen Brothers scenes. Yeah, the smile he has on his face <laughs> is iconic. It is, and, and I scream. love the way the Clooney reacts to it. Yeah. It's just so good. And there's also scenes of like the one scene where I don't, I forgot what basement it was, but where the, where the fucking thing is yeah. revealed. What's in the what, what in basement Clooney's was that basement, in? Yeah. Tilda Swinton's basement. In Clooney's. Oh, it's in Clooney's basement. It's in Clooney's he's basement. Bu- he's building it for his wife, who he's is away reading children's books you don't expect to see this in a coen brother yeah. movie you just whatever <laughs> movie that is it's just and it's just like it's yeah. put there and it's not even like talked about as this big <laughs> taboo Sorry. thing it's just like the <laughs> didn't mean it like that uh yeah it's I mean, just francis mcdormand's reaction to it yeah is gold it's i mean so her good, laugh man. as well <laughs> she's just perfect in that role yeah she's fantastic and i love the even though they, I agree completely the endings are most often anticlimactic, I mm. love the way this movie wraps up. I was, I completely forgot the ending and it, it made me laugh, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so absurd. It is so absurd. And it's, to me, the, I think the funniest Coen Brother movie, it is, I would say that this is a comedy. It is going mm-hmm. for laughs, yeah, obviously, definitely. throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, just by Brad Pitt's, <laughs> just Brad Pitt alone <laughs> is like comedy gold. Um, I was surprised to see this at my number two. I really was, but I just have to be honest. And also, like including rewatch factor, even though I didn't get around to rewatching it now, this is one of those movies that I will rewatch and I want to rewatch sooner than, let's say, um, Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. Even though that might be a better movie in terms of, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that I mean, no, I'm not surprised that that movie that had, uh, but that Fargo isn't like close to it because I thought you just. I know that you're a huge fan of Frances McDormand, and those are two of her most well-known roles, as far as I'm aware. Well, I, I hope it made sense the the, the thing with the of course the, yeah. with the show, but I have to say I'm a huge Frances McDormand fan ever since I saw Three Billboards. I have never, I wasn't one before, and I'm not saying that I wasn't a fan of her. You know what I mean? I've, mm-hmm. I've yeah, become a course. fan of hers after Three Billboards. So it's an amazing performance. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I know you're two and one. I don't know mm-hmm. the order. Let's go. Uh, well, my number two is your number one. Okay. So you want to just go ahead and with that? Or uh, I guess I well, can say it. Hold on. It's who, your thing. Who started again? I started, right? You, yeah. So, so it's it, my one for... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the best thing I've seen from the Coen brothers is No Country for Old Men. 
Yeah. Which and, is your two. Yeah. And right. I, if I hadn't a huge love for my number one pick from just a personal point of view, and I just absolutely adore that movie, that this would have been my number one as well. It's just an absolute masterpiece in filmmaking and just great through and through. I agree. And I also think this is one of the most accessible Coen Brothers movies because it yeah. does have a story that is more traditional than others. But and that might be because it's based on a book. Maybe, but it's also got this very anticlimactic 100% ending, but one, yeah, well, it is. reveals. Well, and also the ending yeah. is rather anticlimactic. And I yeah. agree, but sort of the whole thing, I think, is more accessible because you have a supervillain Mm-hmm. One of the best villains I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Played by Javier Bardem. What is it? Antonin Chigur? Yeah. Anton Chigur. Anton? Antonin? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think. With one of the most badass weapons. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most ridiculous weapons. One of the most ridiculous, yeah. It seems so ineffective, but he pulls it off. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. I mean... I've, Go on. Sorry, just one of the most iconic scenes. And I think the very first scene that I saw from this movie is coin toss? because my sh- brother showed it to me. Yeah, it's the coin toss, the friendo. Yes. Which is just, he looks incredibly ridiculous. Yeah. And if he wasn't so intimidating and off putting in how he talks and how he just takes everything so literal and just <laughs> if somebody asks him something or he asks another person, they don't give him a straight up answer. He just calls them out, which makes the whole conversation is so uncomfortable because he is so aggressive right it's gold it's absolutely perfect and yeah i agree it's one of the best villain roles of all time well and that also leads to some funny roles funny scenes where mm-hmm. he talks to that one secretary who wouldn't give away the um, yeah. information fantastic is that funny it is funny it's quite tense as well because if the person didn't flush the toilet i don't know no but it, it is funny when you think about well i think it's funny it's just sure. sure she's standing up for herself, <laughs> even though there's a, a huge like uh, monster in front of her, basically. But she's just like, yeah. no, I can't give you that. I love yeah. it. I, I, maybe it's not funny in the moment when you think about it. I think it's rather funny. <laughs> but I mean, the story is rather convoluted, and I don't know how much we need to go into detail here. I mean, it is yeah. one of the most successful Coen Brother movies. I think it won Best Picture. It it's won like four Oscars. I think yeah. also Best Directing, Best Screenplay, and of course Best Supporting Actor. Yes. But obviously it stars Josh Brolin and Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones as the other leads. Um, yeah. And you got Woody Harrelson in there too and with a great role. Kelly McDonald. And I yeah. absolutely love her. I've talked about her when I talked about Giri Haji, which Ooh, is yes. Duty Honor, the show. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. I enjoy her immensely. And I think she does a great American accent, even yeah. though she's Scottish or yeah. English at least. I like her. I, I think of Re- Rebecca Hall when I think of her. I don't know. These two How somehow come. come. I don't know. I just uh, interesting. Yeah, one reminds me of the other. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it, it is that story of like, w- what is it basically? Shigur, he's <laughs> he escapes, killing people along the way, and then Josh Brolin finds a massacre of people dead all over him. Is he a policeman? What is he? Yeah, well, Josh Brolin just comes across while hunting. He comes across a couple of cars and a couple of dead people who died in a shootout, and then follows a trail to lead to a dead man with a briefcase with $2 million. Right. And what he then also knows when he encounters a couple of people that people are looking for that money, so he's kind of on the run and Javier Badem right on his heel. Right. And then Tommy Lee Jones obviously getting involved in mm-hmm. that too. 
He reminded me a bit of Je Jeff Bridges in Hello, <laughs> High Water. I mean, the whole Fair kind of thing. Point. It's also in Texas, of course. Fair point, yeah. But I have to say, I think the whole movie is without music, or maybe very little music. Oh, wow. I, I watched this, like, yesterday, and, wow, yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. I, did, I didn't own pay Wilson. attention wow. to that. I think, <laughs> I think there's some music. I I'm think, not sure if there's no music, but I know there's very little music, and that yeah. just makes some of the scenes even more tense, and I think it's a brilliant decision. But because think, music works, but then again, yeah. if you leave it out, it's also very effective. And I mean, it speaks for it if, that I can't even remember it. If, if there's no music, it must it's so tense that I didn't even pay yeah. attention to it. I mean, some of the scenes are just incredibly tense. Yeah. They really are. I mean, I think of the scene like uh, with the door, with the light under it, mm. and then also the one where he hides the briefcase in that motel or wherever he is. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, man. It's just so yeah. good. It's just so good. And I think it is, for me, the best Coen Brother movie because... It's got those tense moments. It's got this fantastic villain. Mm -hmm. And it is just, um, it's interesting that it's, that my number one is not based like, or is based on a book. I know it's a Cormac McCarthy book, mm -hmm. which is, he also did like the counselor, the Ridley Scott movie, which a lot of people oh, really? hate. Didn't but know, I like yeah. that. Um, the director's cut. <laughs> <Or Lisa's laughs> cut. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, this, or not for whatever reason, for the reasons I, I've I listed, especially just Javier Bardem's performance is just mm -hmm. fantastic fantastic yeah. i mean the other actors is also for great. sure i loved josh brolin josh brolin and there's also this scene which i couldn't get out of my head i don't know why when he is in that store buying new boots and guys we the guy says we only have white socks and he's like that's the only kinds of socks i wear i don't know why but every time <laughs> that i see white socks i think of that scene i don't know fucking why <laughs> Just because I've, I don't know anybody who wears white socks ex except for tennis players. <laughs> really? I wear white socks. Oh, really? I don't, yeah. I don't think Sometimes. I have a single pair of white socks. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, enough <laughs> of my feet. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to your one. Yeah, my number one, The Big Lebowski. I think one of the most classic Coen Brother movies out there. Yes, I would I mean, say the classic, yeah. right? And I think it spawned its own religion. It definitely did. Which is stupid, but all right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think, the very first Coen Brother movie that I ever saw. Maybe Burn of the Reading, but I think it was The Big Lebowski. Okay. And I think it's also the story with, of which the story is the hardest to explain in a way. Do you think so? I think it's easier than uh, yeah. other movies, yeah. But it's about... The dude, which is, who is played by Jeff Bridges, who is a stoner drinking white Russians, just a great character, who's in a bowling <laughs> league with his friends. He's not much of a guy who does anything. But at the very beginning of the movie, people break in and want their money. They want their fucking money. So they interrogate him and tell him, so, hey, what's the fucking money? You owe so much. You're, like, you're a millionaire. And he's like, Dude, look around. I'm not a fucking millionaire. What do you think? What are you seeing, right? But you think this is how millionaire lives? Yeah, just before he says that, there's this great because he ke they keep dunking him in the toilet, <laughs> and he's just like, they're like, Where the, where's the money? He's just like, <laughs> let me money? let me have another look or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, and while they do that, somebody pisses on his rug, which is kind of the spark that ignites the whole movie because then his friends, played by Steve Buscemi and John Goodman convince him to go to the real Lebowski who they mistaked him for, the big Lebowski, 
and make him pay for a rug because it's because of him that his rug got ruined. And then he kind of refuses, but he kind of steals one anyway by convincing his butler, who is played by the great Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then he kind of also meets the Big Lebowski's wife, who's then shortly after kidnapped. So the Big Lebowski <laughs> hires the dude, Lebowski, Jeff Bridges, to find her and pay the ransom. And then it's kind of a bit of a deceiving on multiple parts. And then his friends, especially his friend played by John Goodman, who's very eccentric, eccentric, and he's a Vietnam War veteran. There you go. Who, yeah, <laughs> and also Josh Brolin is also a Vietnam yes, War sir. veteran. Yes, no country fault man. But yeah, and then he kind of they convince him, or he convinces him to ch uh, change out the money and keep it for himself. Blah blah blah. And then it just gets crazier and stupider and just amazing. And it's also got, uh, sheet. I'm so bad with names today. The great actress from Julian Moore, still Alice, Julian Moore. Thank you, and yeah, David Foolis, David Foolis, and of course John Turturro as Jesus, <laughs> yes, the greatest bowling player of all time. <laughs> he also got his own spin-off movie, which is supposed to be terrible, like two, three years ago, I think. Isn't it a show? Is it a show? I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, I it's just near and dear to my heart. I. I love this movie. Every time I watch it, it's great. There's this m amazing scene where he's interviewed by a cop and he just keeps talking to the dude and he just stares off into nothingness and then snaps back into it. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> just <laughs> aggravates the police officer so much. He just throws a fucking cup yeah. at him over there. <laughs> because you expect him to like throw the drink in his face, but he just chucks yeah. the whole mug in his face. <laughs> the great thing is just Jeff Bridges showing no expression until the very second that the match hits it's, him. It's, it's amazing. It's just comedic gold, and I think it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. And also, of course, Peter Stormare. Yes. Once again, as, as a Uli. German. <laughs> what? As Uli. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I think uh, his name is Uli in that, no? Maybe. I didn't get to rewatch this movie, sadly, but I think I'm going to watch it the next couple of days. But yeah. I knew this was going to be my my number one. I didn't have to rewatch it. You're right, by the way. It is a movie. The Jesus yeah. Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, well, yeah. I have to say. Like, Please. Jeff. Uh, sorry, not Jeff. Um, uh, John Goodman. John Goodman's character. I mean, what a good friend and what an asshole he is. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. wouldn't have. I wouldn't want him alongside me. He fucks up everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. The most loyal friend you could ever want. And he, he is, but although he's, he's a prick uh, to He's such a Shemmy. prick. Yeah. Unbelievable prick. And of course, the most iconic scene, which is also, I think, the scene I saw before the movie. I think, once again, my brother showed it to me. John Goodman being very much a rule um, referee and not believing a guy that he didn't step over the line during nice. a bowling tournament. And then, of course, pulling out a fucking gun and threatening him to <laughs> to, to change the score, yeah. which is one of the most it's the funniest scene, one of the funniest scenes that I've seen in my fucking life. I think if you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> really? you're missing an integral part of fucking movie history. Well, so do we with Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Of course. Who yeah, are we to say? <laughs> <laughs> of course, sorry. We shouldn't be such hypocrites. But I think the funniest scene in the movie is... Um, <laughs> at the very end of the cliffs uh, yeah of I, course. that is to me the funniest scene of the movie yeah just by what he says and the dude's reaction yeah. and what he does it's fan fucking fantastic yeah 
Oh, sorry. Also, of course, the, the wife of the Big Lebowski looking at the dude and like, I'll suck your dick for five thousand dollars. And he just looks at you. Let me find an ATM. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman can watch for a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. it's good. Obviously, she played movie. by Tara Reid, yeah. American Pie, um, yeah, icon Tara Reid. But yeah, I love it. I mean, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in this too. And I, I rewatched this, and it, I, um, this could easily be higher for me too. I mean, it's yeah. my three now, and it's just. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. I think it's my favorite performance in any Coen Brother movie. Uh, Jeff Bridges, the dude. Yeah, great it's, music yeah. too. The condition is amazing. Yeah, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition yeah. was in when he's that high on this trip. Fantastic. There's a great story, a great interview where he talks about that scene, how it was filmed on Conan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sandals Checked and stuff. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good, man. I I I found more appreciation for this film now because I wasn't in love with it before, but I can. I wouldn't say I'm in love with it now, but I, I really mm. think it's fantastic now. It's yeah. a great movie, yeah. Yeah, it's it's iconic and it's uh, deservedly so. I mean, Sam Elliott narrating the whole thing, just mm-hmm. brilliant, just brilliant. I'm sure we're missing so many people. I mean, yeah, so but, much is happening in that movie. But the, um, Also, the funny thing is, from this list, this is one of the very few movies that didn't get any nominations, like big nominations, no Golden Globes, no Oscars. And also no Francis McDormand. Is, no Francis McDormand. Maybe in a cameo? biggest movie, maybe. Know. I don't yeah. know. I don't think so. But yeah, no Oscar nominations. I mean, it yeah. was one of their earlier roles as well, or, or earlier movies as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but I guess even Barton Fink got nominations. And yeah. I think You're right. Blood Simple is the only other one that didn't get any Globe or Oscar nominations. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm Still looking at uh, going with the theme of this episode, like looking at the IMDb ratings, actually, No Country for Old Men has more ratings. Interesting. I thought the Big Lebowski would like easily trump that, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think Big Lebowski, I think more people have seen Big Lebowski than No Country, no? Wouldn't you say? Maybe. But like, No Country for Man, maybe also because it won like best picture of the year, it also attracts way more people all of a sudden just to hear that. Yeah. And I, just because of Javier, Javier Badem's performance, I think everybody just flocks to see that. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I mean uh, that's our list. Yeah, I have to say before I forget, because we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned this movie on the Cage special either. I forgot Please. to mention it. But what about Raising Arizona? We watched this together, and I we did. didn't like it. We did, at your place, like three years ago. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I can't remember either. that I watched this with you. Yeah, we, Interesting. I'm like 90% sure, and I didn't like it at all either. We, so we didn't also include it on the, on the Cage special. Yeah, which is one of... I had the more acclaimed Cage movies. Yeah. And I, also Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. I just couldn't get with the humor. I yeah. didn't find it funny at all. I completely agree. I completely but, yeah. agree. But do you have any honorables? I mean, all my honorables, I guess, would have been like Miller's Crossing. and Can't believe I, I, I did watch Lady Killers. Right. And I did enjoy it. It's just funny and stupid. And also got Marlon Wayans and J.K. Simmons, <laughs> which is a combination that I didn't think I would see in a Coen Brother film together with Tom Hanks. But yeah, it's it's a fun movie. It's not perfect by any means, and it's got some weird CGI. And I think I would prefer to watch the original, but I think other than that, I think we mentioned all the big ones and all the ones that I've seen. Well, we haven't mentioned the more recent ones. I mean, Hail Caesar. Of course. And The yeah. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is their latest work. Of course. I I imagine this would make like your number 10 or 9. No. Buster Scruggs. 
No, I thought it was I fine. thought you liked it. Okay. I hated Hail Caesar and I thought Buster Scruggs was fine. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like Hail Caesar either. Not a lot. I, I thought it was okay. I was disappointed, but I didn't hate it as much as you have. I know you absolutely <laughs> well, despise I, this movie, right? Well, yeah, that's a bit harsh, but I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I remember that yeah. some Ballad of Buster Scruggs, it features Harry Melling, mm-hmm, the yeah. icon of the show, and he's also going to be in their new movie. Macbeth. Right. Uh, what was it? What's it called? Uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. Right? With Francis McDormand, Denzel oh, Washington, Brandon yeah. Gleeson. Yeah. I'm coming out this year. That. Yeah. Yes. But other for honorables, like I don't even know. I think I'm pretty set in my ten things. I mean, we haven't mentioned yeah. um, intolerable, intolerable cruelty. Once again, a movie that I missed. Like okay, it's that's the man who wasn't there and Hotsucker. Right. The three big ones that I missed. Right. I would only say that I would say seek out Hotsucker. Okay. In my opinion. But Intolerable Cruelty, I wasn't making my list. And then other than that, I think like we haven't mentioned um, the movies that they only wrote. I mean, there's like Suburbicon. Mm-hmm. Which was all right. Yeah. I mean, um, as you said, um, oh no, they just, never mind. Uh, by the way, The Jesus Rolls, that's what it's called. The mm. thing that's written and directed by John Turturro. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they wrote Jesus Bridge of Spies. Right. Which also yeah, was okay. They wrote Unbroken. The film by Angelina Jolie, director didn't of Angelina Jolie. Didn't, didn't see that really, one. Either. I didn't know that it was written by them. I heard it was good. Yeah. And they also wrote a movie called Gambit. Gambit, yeah. And I have to say, I haven't seen this movie, mm. but the last thing I want to recommend, and we mentioned it before, is mm-hmm. Shot Reverse Shot. Yeah, I want to mention that as well. Because, because he, he also, also talks about yeah. Gambit. Yeah. And it's Every Frame of Painting, a YouTube mm-hmm. channel that sadly no longer posts videos. Yeah, but it is the best. Like, what? Are, what are these things called? Like, video essays, movie analysis. Yeah, yeah, movie essays is a great term. Yeah, out there, Tony Zhu, I believe his name mm-hmm. is. I'm hoping I pronounce that correctly, but he is fantastic, and he has one video on the Coen Brothers, also one on Fincher, and one on Jackie mm-hmm. Chan, and one on Scorsese, and every one of them, every one of them is absolutely fantastic, and so is Buster the, Keaton, one of his best. Yeah, yeah, video essays. You're right. You're right. And Robin Williams, too, I think. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I want to recommend. I think yeah. other than that, we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. I saw that one as well today. Yeah. Oh, or again, that's why I yeah, saw yeah. The, the circle scene. Yes. Hot sucker. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I saw it. To, I rewatched it today as well. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a cool list. And I think it's just a couple of directors who have done so many great films. And I think nothing terrible. I mean, Hilo Caesar and maybe Raising Arizona or aren't my kinds of movies, but I wouldn't say they're bad in any way. Right. And yeah, I think they're just beloved all around and I understand why. And yeah, it's great to have seen even more of the, of theirs. Yeah, I hope they... I feel like lately I haven't enjoyed their movies as much as I did earlier work of theirs. I mean, they take a while to bring out movies. Yeah, but that's that's not a bad thing, usually. Of course, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the last ones were like, hey, he'll season Buster Scruggs, but... Right. Well, they, earlier they bring than that, one... The next one's coming out this year, apparently. So yeah, yeah, I'm hoping they'll they'll be back to old Cohen brother form, in my <laughs> opinion. But um, yeah, I'm, there's certainly certainly two directors that you or that are very worth checking out. But you know that yeah. already. I mean, I think most people have seen a lot of Cohen brother movies. But maybe mm. some of them uh, that we talked about today you haven't seen. So uh, maybe you want to check them out. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, that's it for me. I don't have anything yeah. else. How about you? Yeah. I mean. I think that's it for me as well. I think it's great that we talked about directors so we 
didn't have that awkward situa- situation where we talked about a lesser known role or maybe less important role because it's their movie. It's all their movies and they're all theirs and they're all great. And yeah, thank you so much to, uh, for listening to this special. It's been a blast to watch these movies and to talk about them. And yeah, we hope to see you again. Check us out on any other platforms if you want to. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and we can also be found on at Best Thing Radio on Instagram and Twitter. There you can also see the thumbnail that Flo is going to design for this special as well. So for Comb Brother Things, look forward to that. And I hope you enjoyed the intro. What should be on that cover? Because I don't think I should put Cohen them on there. I think it should be pictures of their movies, no? Yeah, maybe movie posters or maybe iconic scenes from the movies. Movie posters, that's interesting. I think movie posters would be a cool thing. Well, but then I, it would kind of break with the rest of it the It would specials, break. But I thought about like finding scenes where they all look in the middle, like I always do with the special episodes. Yeah. We'll see what actually happens, I have to see. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Maybe tell us what your favorite Coen Brother movie is. Maybe tell us what you missed. We love to hear from people in the comment sections. And thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with another regular episode next week. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.